Is Christ your first response or is he your last resort? Do you run to Jesus? Why do I need to run to him? Now, unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to this mighty working power in us. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we continue our study of John chapter 2, a message called A Wedding Gone Wild. And pastor, I think you've hit on something that uh, a lot of us struggle with, and that's when we do have something going on in our lives that feels overwhelming. We, we tend to want to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and not run to Jesus first. He often does become our last resort. How do we begin to train ourselves to he becomes our first response rather than our last resort? Well, when we realize we don't have any straps because we don't have any boots, mm. <laughs> we have nothing to pull ourselves up on. And so when we realize that, that man's extremity is God's opportunity. You know, when you get to the end of your rope, you know what you have to do, Steve? Let go. Let go. go. <laughs> Let go. That's it. And so what, what do we do? We trust him. We know that uh, Peter calls us the uh, peculiar people of God in the King James. Now, that doesn't mean that we're weird, even though there are some of us that are. Sure. We got to be honest. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it's a compound Greek word, pari, a preposition, pateo, a verb, parapateo. It literally means to walk about. So God says, you're the circled about people of God, hmm. which means then anything that comes in my life is either God authorized or God allowed because he's sovereign. Yeah. And if God hath authorized it or allowed it, then I need to ask myself a different set of questions, like not why, Lord, but what are you trying to do? We're not trying. I'm sorry, because God doesn't try, and God can't lie, and God can't die, and God can't deny himself. So, Lord, what are you doing in my life with this? As a matter of fact, I, I, I'm just talking about it Sunday. Jonah had a storm. It was yeah. sent by God so that he would change his mind, you know? And so God allows certain things to happen. Uh, if I recall correctly, uh, he does it so there can be inspection. He will inspect us yeah. and let us see, uh, do we really have the faith that we think we have uh, for correction, for direction? Uh, you know, so the, the uh, proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That word direct real quick, Steve. I'm going to drop them, not going to push them. Number one it has a primary meaning, guide. We hear that all the time. Yep. But the secondary meaning and the tertiary meaning, I don't think we hear it enough. Secondary meaning, if there's obstacles in the way, God has obligated himself to remove them. Tertiary meaning to get you to the desired end. So mm -hmm. here it is, direct your path. He will guide you, move the obstacles, and get you where he wants you to be. All right, there is worth tuning in for. Amen. So, and we're just getting started. Grab your Bible, join us in John chapter 2 as we continue this message, A Wedding Gone Wild. Here's Pastor Ford. And so it was a public disgrace. Uh, secondly, to run out of wine cause public embarrassment for the family. Here's what uh, Jewish theologian Michael Rodelnik, who's a professor at Moody, he's Jewish, Messianic Jew, here's what he said, that Jews at that time could be fined if the wine ran out. Wow. 
You could be sued. And now some of us know, with us it ain't wine. Well, not for most of us. But anybody remember my 65th birthday? Whenever, whenever everybody came and my wife had paid to have all kind of food and make sure that we bring food home, uh, but our caterer was in an accident and most of the food got spilled uh, in his car. And so it wasn't enough food and the food was running out and it was a surprise birthday party. But people came coming up to me saying, this all we getting here? You know, one sister told me this. I ain't lying. One sister told me this, bro, Ben. She said, look at that was on my plate. And, 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 and I'm old and, 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 and uh, I could sniff this and eat this. This is what they gave me. This is your birthday party. You know what I should have done was got a cheaper gift and brought some food with me. And I said, well, I don't know. It's just a, I'll find out what's going on. And they trying to get some more food. And it was like, some of y'all know. Some of y'all act a fool. We come up here and there ain't no food. What's wrong with pastor and his family? There ain't no food. And I had to calm my young son down because he don't play that. Right. Oh, give me the mic. Let me make the announcement. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> give it to your mama. <laughs> Never mind. Give it to your oldest brother. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> but here's the point. Life doesn't always go as planned. And now they come together and they realize it's a common thing uh, that that trouble happens. John 16, 33. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But here's the good thing. Jesus knows all about our struggles. And so she does two things. Let me bottom line. Say bottom line. She does two things that we ought to do every time calamity hits us. Run to Jesus. Do what? And then respond to his command. Do what? That's what she does. Verse 3, she runs to Jesus. She doesn't go to the pastor, doesn't go to big mama, doesn't go to the bank, doesn't go to the boss, doesn't depend on the job, doesn't depend on her education, her psychiatrist, her psychologist. No, she runs to Jesus. Then she tells them, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Now, now this is amazing to me and it's fascinating because it's sandwiched in uh, the, the fourth verse. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now, get this. <laughs> wow, get this. Jesus now is doing something here because he wants her to know this is not about your pleasure. It's about God's purpose. Now, when he tells her woman, what he's getting ready to do now is give her a prohibition. So you have the problem, then the prohibition, then the procedure. You with me? Verse three, problem. Verse four, prohibition. Verse five, procedure. So in our context, it sounds bad. Woman, what do I have to do with thee? But this is a term of endearment in the Jewish faith. As a matter of fact, it's the highest term of respect. Now, it would be like, what if I went to my mother and I say, woman, where's my breakfast? I'd be picking myself off from the floor. There are certain things you didn't do when I was growing up. You didn't call an adult by their first name, Dorothy. Dorothy? You know what she'd say after she hit me and I picked myself up? 
She say, boy, next time you disrespect me like that, I'm going to beat you in the next week. Then I'm going to come in the next week and beat you back to the day. She used to say, I'll beat the black off of you. And I'll just look at myself and say, man, that's a beating there. Hmm. No, it, it is the highest term of respect. In Germany, it would be darling. Because you could call somebody darling in Germany and they not be darling like we call darling. I better not call nobody else darling. Not only would Dorothy slap me. But in Germany, darling. In, in Britain, lady. In, in France, mademoiselle. Uh, in America, madame or madam. In the black church, mother. Term of endearment. And so he says, listen, uh, I give you this term of endearment. What do I have to do with you? Here's what he's saying. Bottom line it. We used to have a mother-son relationship. That's why her name is not in there. That's why mother of Jesus. We're getting ready to sever. This is about to make a transition. I'm about to go into public ministry I must be about my father's business. And so we no longer have a mother-son relationship. We now have a savior-sinner relationship. So that you need to know, you get no special kudos because you brought me into the world. Nobody has to go and pray to you first before they get to me. Uh, that the greatest... Uh, words that she ever spoke and the only words she ever spoke about Jesus and for Jesus is this, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's it. That's it. So what's he telling her? He's saying, listen, you need to understand something now. I'm on God's agenda. He says, he says, it's for my father's purpose. My hour is not come, not for your pleasure. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He clarified. Now, let me give you the clarification here because I think it's powerful. Here's what happened. First, there are compassion words, woman. Then correction words, what have I to do with thee? Then commitment words, my hour is not come. Then comprehensive words, whatever he tells you. Then conviction words, do it. Here's, here's, here's all I'm going to say. You want water turned into wine. You have to know that when Jesus does something for your provision, it always has to be linked to his purpose. He was telling Mary, I don't know why you want to do this, but it's not the same reason I'm going to do it. So therefore, I must disconnect myself from your pleasure so you can understand it's only about God's purpose. We're going to have to pause right there, but we'll get back to this message of Wedding Gone Wild in just a moment here on Treasured Truth. If you're benefiting from listening to Pastor Ford's teaching from John chapter 2, I do hope you'll make it a point to let us know. You can always connect with us by coming to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and clicking on the contact link. You can leave us your feedback there. Also, you can do that on social media. So come to the website and then like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, and we can always engage that way. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. Let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. Okay, let me see if I can get you. Uh, so we sent that truck, right? And so you know we got those suits uh, from the, the, the famous place that sells men's suits. I call Pastor Varner, and I say, 
okay, we're getting ready to send the truck down on Saturday. Where do we send it? Give us the address, contact person, all of that. He says, okay, man, what, what do you have? Uh, he said, because we need water more than we need anything. And I said, we have 200 cases of water. He said, praise God. I said, we have toiletries and uh, we have clothes. He said, you know something, Pastor? I said, what's that? He said, you know what we need in clothes more than anything else? I said, what? We have people who work in professional places and all of their good clothing was wiped out. We need suits. Now, some of you don't understand the connection because you don't know about this. But that warehouse gave us 300 men's suits, 150 women's suits, 450 suits. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do with them. We were going to have clothing drives for the people in the street. And I was teasing them. I said, the drug pushers and everybody up there going to be in suits and ties and the cops going to get confused. Wait a minute. Where's little Ray Ray? You know, Ray Ray. Ray. That's Ray. He got on a suit. He don't know whether to high five them or to arrest them. That's what we're going to do. But look, 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 look at this. Oh, man, it just blows me away. It blows me away. And so I said to him, I said, we're sending you some. He said, really? I said, but we were going to keep some. Now I'm going to tell them to pack them all. We're going to send you all of them. And we sent them all of them. And here's what he said to me, Elder. He said, I got to call my prayer team. And I got to let them know they have been fasting and praying. They said, we're getting all these clothes, but we can't outfit the people who work downtown in Fortune 500 companies. Oh, God, send us some suits. They were fasting and praying. We became the channel for the answer to prayer. God's purpose was linked to their provision, not our pleasure. And God used us as a channel to get them what they need because their people believed God and fasted and prayed and said, we need suits. Oh, man, I'm telling you. In other words, his provision is tied to his purpose, and his purpose is tied to his period of time, that God does things on his own time. Galatians 4, 4, I hate to get the Bible in this, but now a word from our sponsor, in the fullness of time, in the plethora of the kairos. Yeah, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law from the bondage of sin. God always does stuff at the right time. You ought to read Nehemiah 1. Nehemiah 1, 11, he says, give me favor this day. He wanted that prayer answered this day. And he told God, Yahweh, I want it this day. Read this in there. Guess what? Four months later. God answered that prayer. Why didn't he answer it on this day? Because he has a timetable. I don't have time to go through it. You got to do the study yourself, but I'm going to throw it out here because in Daniel chapter 9 and 10, God had a timetable connected to the temple and the building of the wall. And the decree didn't go out the day he prayed it. It happened four months later. Hmm. Wow. It's like, what's going on? They go to Jesus. They take it to Jesus. Joseph Scriven. How many know that name? Joseph Scriven. Joseph Scriven was uh, a young man back in the day uh, who was getting ready to get married. And the day before he was to be married, his fiance drowned. He got overwrought with grief, even though he was a believer. He left Ireland to start a new life in Canada. 
Then he met and fell in love with Lisa Rice. A couple weeks before the wedding, she developed tuberculosis and died. Two fiancés. He's overwrought with grief, but he's a believer. Then he gets a letter, injury to insult. His mother is terminal, but he has no money to go home. But God ministers to him and shows him for the 12 years he grieved over those two women He doesn't have to do that with his mother, and he wrote his mother a poem that expressed what God had taught him. The poem was called Pray Without Ceasing. Anybody ever heard his poem, Pray Without Ceasing? I bet you have. Here's his poem. Somebody came along later and put it to music. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. He said, we don't run to Jesus. We don't respond to Jesus. And he wrote that song that gives us such solace in the midst of what we're going through. The question I have for you, is Christ your first response or is he your last resort? Do you run to Jesus? Why do I need to run to him? Now, unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to this mighty working power in us. Psalm 46, 1. He's a present help in the time of trouble. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm preaching myself happy. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Fifth grade Christian teacher told her fifth graders, I want you to do this. Go home, watch commercials. And I want you to write down any commercial that helps you understand God better and bring it back. And this is what she got from her fifth grade class. God is like Bear Aspirin. He works miracles. God is like Ford. He's got a better idea. God is like Coke. He's the real thing. God is like Hallmark cards. He cares enough to send his very best. God is like Tide. He gets the stains out that others leave behind. God is like General Electric. He brings good things to life. God is like Walmart. He has everything. God is like Alka-Seltzer. Try him, you'll like him. God is like Scotch tape. Get this one. You can't see him, but you know he's there. God is like Delta. He's ready when you are. God is like Allstate. You're in good hands with him. God is like VO5 hairspray. He holds through all kinds of weather. (laughs) Then God is like dial soap. Aren't you glad you have him? Don't you wish everybody did? (laughs) God is like the U.S. post office. Neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor ice will keep him from his appointed destination. God is like Chevrolet, the heartbeat of America. God is like Maxwell House coffee, good to the last drop. God is like bounty. He's the quicker picker-upper, can handle the tough jobs, and he won't fall apart on you. And then God is like the energizer bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. Help me preach this. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah, that's it. That's it. When you look at what they did, they went to him and they obeyed him. I I need to stop. And and so, listen, here's, here's what's going on. When we look at this text, John says, listen, 
I want to give validation. So Christ is giving us revelation, and that revelation is backed by his demonstration so that you and I can have application, proclamation, and exaltation for his glory. He could turn your water into wine. Think of all that he's gone through for you and for me. Jesus, he was born in a stable, heralded by angels, worshiped by wise men, seen by shepherds, feared by Herod, stalked by Satan, raised in Nazareth, smuggled into Africa, baptized in Jordan, tempted in the wilderness, came out preaching, healing the sick, raising the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He was betrayed by friends. He was denied by Peter. He was taunted by the crowd. He was beaten by soldiers. He was crucified on an old rugged cross, buried in a borrowed tomb. But early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And you know what the old preacher would say? Death couldn't sting him. And the grave couldn't hold him. And hell couldn't keep him. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we serve him today. And we worship him today. And we give him glory today. Why? Because he turned our water into wine. Look at all the water I was in, pushing drugs. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, elder. Pushing drugs, all that kind of stuff. He turned water into wine. He turned divorce court into a solid marriage. He wants to do it for you just like he did it for me. And all we have to do is invite him to do it. Amen. Amen, indeed. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called A Wedding Gone Wild. Look at John chapter 2, and we're going to continue this teaching next time on the broadcast. Do hope you'll tune in for that. If you ever miss a program, you can always listen on the go if you have the Moody Radio app or if you podcast the broadcast. Uh, Either one of those you can do for free, and you can get started by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You can also listen to each and every program there. You can just Stream them through your computer or mobile device, or you can download an MP3 for free. Again, get started at treasuredtruthradio.org. Hey, quickly before we go, just want to let you know that Treasure Truth is a listener-supported broadcast. We do depend on your generosity to keep Pastor Ford's teaching on the air. So if you are benefiting from listening, would you give a gift of support today? You can give online by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and look for the button that says Make a Donation. Click on that link, and there you can make a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Either way, your generosity is uh, really appreciated, and it's what allows this program to be on the air each and every day. Again, get started at treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link, make a donation. Thanks for doing that, and thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.